There is a judgment greater than anything you've ever known. And it won't be long. Your life will pass by as a vapor and you will stand before the judgment seat of God. And every secret deed and thought, every wrinkle, every spot will be in view. Before the one who knows all things, the Lord of lords and King of kings, you know the one you never knew. While you have breath, you have a choice to make in life. Turn away from your sin and believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him from the judgment that's to come He is the shelter from the coming storm All creation shakes at the mention of his name He has power over life and death Every knee will bow and tongue confess Heaven and earth will proclaim That Jesus Christ is Lord To the glory of the Father Will you bow, will you surrender To His majesty He can save you from the might Of all your sin the fight in which he stands in perfect victory while you have breath you have a choice to make in life turn away from your sin and believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come He is a shelter from the coming storm While you have breath You have a choice to make in life Turn away from all your sin And believe on the risen Christ
can find peace in Him from the judgment that's to come. He is a shelter from the coming storm. He's the only shelter from the coming storm. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. Lord, I ask that as we come to the scriptures today, you would move in great power and conviction. I ask that you would send forth your Holy Spirit now, that you would rule over the heart of every man and woman, bringing deep conviction and turning them toward heaven. Lord, I pray you will do this now in the name of Jesus. Amen. In the first part of the book, the first chapter of Galatians, it says, in verse 9, If anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than that you accepted, let him be eternally condemned, that is, sent to hell. Now there's a problem. Let's review it quickly. Most of us were taught a false gospel. So if we read this and say, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. Well, we all accepted different gospels. We did not accept the true gospel. How how can I be so bold as to say that? Well, I see the evidence in the way the so-called Christians of America live. It's obvious we missed out on the real gospel. Now, you may get upset or angry when I show you that your real gospel is not the gospel of Jesus Christ, but we need to hear that. Everyone is so confident in the gospel, in what they believe the gospel is. But it's not that. That's not easy, is it? I'm concerned. I want us to hear the real gospel of Jesus. And then I want us to take the actions necessary to enter into that real gospel of Jesus. I warn you now, there's a mountain to climb. And if you do not climb that mountain and enter into the true gospel of Jesus Christ, you will be swept away. Shortly, you will be swept away. America is under the judgment of God. It's on every hand. Will you open your eyes and see it? The corruption of our government. The corruption and utter wickedness of our culture of Disneyland, of Disney World, of Hollywood, the lies of the broadcasters 
in the media of America. Just open your eyes. The corruption and evil is on every side. Somebody said to me this morning, Pastor, how can you go on Facebook? You know it's an utterly evil place. I said, yes, it is. And I'm there because I'm in the marketplace of America proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. Somebody has to be out there proclaiming a clean, clear, real gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why I'm there. I'm not there to participate in the filth of America, to be entertained by the filth of the television or the Internet or Facebook or YouTube. I'm there to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, it's very clear. I'm not going to try to please you. I'm not going to try to seduce you into liking this broadcast. I want you to come to Jesus and do what is necessary to enter into the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, it's very clear. Paul begins to teach us that we are not made righteous by observing the law. Many of the Gospels that are proclaimed today will tell you, here's what you have to do, and here's the list of to-dos. Here's the list of don'ts. The more Reformed Gospel, which is a false gospel, is going to tell you, attend these seminars, do these things, change your outward behavior, And as you change your outward behavior, you'll finally begin to understand what the inner behavior, wrong, totally wrong. The inside has to be changed, and then the outside will reflect the reality of that inner change. We're going to deal with that today. Again, everything is going to hang on how you interpret the word justified. In the Greek, it's dikasune. In the Old Covenant, it meant covered. In the New Covenant, it means made righteous. To be justified is not a legal term. It is a regenerative term. The old sins are forgiven, and a new power comes into your life, a power of righteousness, of joy, of peace. To be justified is not to be forgiven for past, present, and future sins. That is a false gospel. If you believe it, you have believed a lie. And many of you have. A man said to me yesterday, Praise God, my past, present, and future sins are all forgiven, so I'm on my way to heaven. No, he's not. He's missed it. It's a false gospel. There's so many gospels out there, each claiming to be the good news. But in fact, they're all but one. Extremely bad news, because they won't open the way to Jesus. Now, I've made a very clear determination. 
that I will only preach Jesus Christ and him crucified. I'm not interested. I'm not interested, for example, is there a secret rapture? I don't know and I don't care. I only know that I've read Revelation and in the end, Jesus and his people win. I'm not trying to miss something. I'm trying to go somewhere. I'm on my way to heaven. But I have to tell you, I from a very early age was taught a false gospel, and then I went to another false gospel, and then I went to another false gospel. And finally, the Lord began to reveal to me the true gospel of Jesus Christ. We're going to talk about that today. A man is not justified by observing the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we may be made righteous by faith in Christ and not by observing the law, because by observing the law, no one will be made righteous. If while we seek to be made righteous in Christ, it becomes evident that we ourselves are sinners, does that mean that Christ promotes sin? Absolutely no. If I rebuild what I destroyed, I prove that I am a lawbreaker. Do you understand? that if you break the law, you are a lawbreaker. You can live under grace or you can live under the law. If you live under grace, but you deny the power of Christ to make you innocent and to give you righteousness by faith in him, then you're rebuilding what the Holy Spirit destroyed when you did what I'm going to describe in just a moment. Do you understand that what I'm saying to you today is not light, but it is the way to heaven. And if you don't walk through what I'm telling you today, because it's the straight word of God from the Apostle Paul who was taught the gospel by Jesus, If you don't walk in this gospel, you will surely go to hell. So let's talk about what needs to happen for you and for me. Verse 20. This is Galatians 3, verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. You foolish Galatians, who has cunningly deceived you, Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. 
I'd like to ask just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish after beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? Well, let's back up. Very few of you have received the Spirit of God. Oh, you may have had a Kundalini spirit, a Hindu spirit, a a Buddhist spirit experience, but not the Holy Spirit experience. The fact is, very few of you who will listen to this broadcast have been crucified with Christ. You have heard that you should accept Jesus. Good place to start. But the question is not, did you accept Jesus? The question is, has Jesus accepted you? And if you have not been crucified with him, he has not accepted you. Most of you have a ritualized Christian experience. You read a little bit of scriptures. You might shoot some prayers at heaven. You go to church, maybe. But you've been deceived. Because you live out your life doing what you enjoy doing and what you want to do. But you have never died and been crucified with Jesus Christ. That's terrifying to me. Can you in all honesty say, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me? Can you honestly say that? We could check a few things and quickly come to a determination. Do you have lustful thoughts? Do you fornicate? Do you have bitter rage in your heart? Are you arrogant? Do you lie? Do you cheat? Do you steal? If so, you're not a good person. You're a liar. You're a thief. And most of us have stolen ourselves away from Jesus and formed a kind of religion that has the apparent look of Christian faith, but is not Christian faith. I spoke with a a beautiful young woman this morning, my wife and I did. And she has told me that she is living with her boyfriend. I said to her, when do you plan on getting married? She said, well, I want to now, but he says we have to get ahead first. We have to. We have to become more stable financially. 
She said, I don't agree with that. Well, I let it go. But I do have future plans. I'm going to speak with him. I know both of them. And I'm going to say to him, congratulations on your marriage. And he's going to say, what do you mean my marriage? And I'm going to say, when you moved in together, Jesus considered you married. And now you're living a lie because you say you're not married. So either you need to be married or she needs to leave or you need to leave. I'm sure that won't go over very well. Because he's living in the false belief that if he said a sinner's prayer and he accepted Jesus and he repented of his sins, he's good to go. No, he's not. He hasn't been crucified with Christ. He is still living his own life in his own way. He hasn't died. He hasn't laid his life down for Jesus Christ. And depending on how that conversation goes, then I'm going to speak to the young woman, and I'm going to say to you, to her, if you want to go to heaven, you need to move out of your boyfriend's apartment. Well, that's not going to go over very well, is it? What do you mean, Pastor, I need to move out? You're hell-bound right now. If you die, you'll go to hell because you're walking in total disobedience against Jesus. If you're a homosexual, active, if you are a trance, you have things to get right with Jesus. You've heard a false gospel. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The only people who will go to heaven are people who have been crucified with Christ. People who have who've knelt down and utterly and completely submitted their life to Jesus and ask him, please crucify me, Jesus. Please do this work in my heart, and I will submit, regardless of how painful it is. Now, let's talk a bit about this. Let's get very real. Some of you are much more concerned about where you're at financially than where you are with Jesus. You're more concerned about your expenses, your savings, your car. You're more concerned about your job. You're more concerned about your entertainment, your sports. You're more concerned about your YouTube. You're more concerned about the baseball, the football, 
You're more concerned about the world than you are about Jesus. And yet you say, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I run into people every once in a while who are named Christian. And my and my first question to them is, are you a Christian? Oh, yes, I'm a Christian. But then as I begin to question them a little, it becomes apparent very quickly that they've heard a false gospel, not the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know where you are following your own way. You know where you are demanding to have your way. And you know if you have confidently said to yourself, Oh, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm loved by Jesus. It's unconditional love. I'm on my way to heaven, and I'm going to work out all of these things. I say to people, are you right with Jesus? And I'm saying it to you right now, mister. Are you right with Jesus? Or do you have blocks between your heart and his? Have you humbly knelt before him and submitted everything to Jesus and repented of every wickedness of your heart? Have you done that? Have you repented for the way you have wasted your time with foolishness in this world and lusted after the things of darkness? What is your life about? Is it about the survival? Is it about the success? Is it about being somebody? A man that I've known for many years and his wife. I recently saw a picture of them. And it was very evident to me in their picture. I saw darkness all over his face. Her appearance was that of a worldly woman. I know they're in trouble. I'm trying to reach them. I know they're in serious trouble. I know they're not on the way of righteousness and they're not on their way of heaven. They are in the way of darkness and they are in the way of destruction. And if there is not a turning in their hearts... Even though they would say, oh, we're Christians. No, they're not. Because they're not crucified with Christ. They say they're Christians because they have certain beliefs and because they have certain practices. But they also have all the practices of the lust for money, the lust for lifestyle, the lust to be accepted and loved by the world. They're not on their way to heaven. They're on their way to hell. And I'm deeply troubled by this. I am so anguished in my heart for them. I love them. They're like kids to me. Or I see a woman. All she can do is look at her cell phone. Constantly looking at her cell phone. Can't sit through a worship service without looking at her telephone many, many times, every couple minutes. 
Every couple minutes, the phone lights up. Somebody's there. Oh, got to see who that is. Oh, how I wish that young woman was as hungry to hear from Jesus as she is from all the foolishness of her friends. She's not on her way to heaven. Jesus has given her wonderful visions and dreams, confronting her, helping her to understand that destruction is coming. But has she turned from it? No. She's got the wrong gospel. The Apostle Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ. When was he crucified with Christ? After he came off of that Damascus road for three days, he did not eat or drink. All he did was begin to put together in his head everything he knew. He was a very smart man. He had always studied the scriptures. He was a Pharisee, and he put together in his mind by the power of the Holy Spirit everything that he knew about the Messiah, and it became clear that Jesus was the Messiah. Was he crucified then? No. You see, crucifixion is not something we do to ourselves. It is something that we prepare for and open the way for, and the mighty hand of God comes. Salvation is a miracle, and it requires the intervention of the Holy Spirit. So when did the Apostle Paul or Saul become a crucified man. He prepared his heart. Ananias laid hands on him and healed his eyes and asked the Holy Spirit to come. And the Holy Spirit came and he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. At that point, he was crucified with Christ. Jesus did the work of crucifixion, and from that point forward, he no longer lived for himself. His whole life was transformed. He was no longer a member of the Sanhedrin. He lost his wife. You had to have a wife to be a part of the Sanhedrin. He lost his wife. He was deserted. He had nothing. He had no income. He lost everything. And the Holy Spirit came and baptized him. And he was crucified. The life he lived from that moment forward was for Jesus Christ. He did not set aside the grace of God because he knew it was by that grace that he was taught how to say no to ungodliness. The cry of his heart was, Jesus, what is the cry of your heart? What is it you desire? Will you get down on your knees immediately after this broadcast, or even right now, 
Will you confess every known sin? And will you submit now to giving up your life and allowing Jesus Christ to take over every part of your soul and mind and body? No more fornication. No more adultery. No more masturbation. No more pornography. No more bitterness and anger and hardness of heart. No more pride and arrogance. Utterly asking Jesus to strip these things out of your heart. No longer lusting after money. Oh, one of the biggest deceptions I've ever heard is... Pastor, I want to make a million dollars plus so I can help spread the good news of the gospel. Are you kidding me? It's not going to happen. If you do get that money, it is so rooted in your heart that you will follow follow the lust of your flesh and it will destroy you. You must repent of that wickedness. Repent of every known agenda that you have and ask Jesus what he would have you do. It may mean you will leave a church. It may mean you will cut off certain friends. It may mean that you will have nothing, that you will lose all your finances that you'll lose your house, your car, even your wife or your husband, because they don't want to live with somebody who was crucified with Christ Jesus. Are you willing to give up everything to follow Jesus? I know you were taught false gospels. You were taught the unconditional love of God. You were taught that that all you had to do was say a little sinner's prayer and that that was you were good to go. As one woman said, I don't believe what you're saying. That's not the gospel I love. No, the gospel that person loved is Jesus loves you. You're wonderful. You're on your way to heaven. Even in the midst of your sin, you're on your way to heaven. Jesus understands. And you're going to be a sinner until the time you die. You can never stop sinning. That's the false gospel of the modern age. You're to be tolerant. I'm intolerant, brother, sister. There's a sharp line. Don't cross it. What's the sharp line? I'll do it my way. No, I won't do it my way. I'll do it Jesus' way. There's another passage of Scripture that I'd like you to go to. I've taught on it many times at the Lord's command. It's Romans, the sixth chapter. Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? Yep, that's the false gospel. He states by no means, in the strongest terms possible, do not go on sinning. 
If you've been crucified with Christ, you cannot go on sinning. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Now listen, if we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection, for we know our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with. Has the body of sin been done away with in your life? If not, you have not been crucified with Christ, and you are, if you call yourself a Christian, you are living a false gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ says that you no longer walk in sin. Now it goes on. It says the body of sin might be done away with. The NIV wants to say it might be rendered powerless. The Greek word is, however, The body of sin is annihilated. It is destroyed. You no longer have the old carnal nature. You have a new nature. I was amazed. I I went on the internet and I googled this. And there was a there is a a a pop-up. I got questions. And I was interested in seeing what they would say. And they said exactly what's being said here, even though in other places they say the opposite. But the true gospel of Jesus Christ is that you will no longer walk in sin and that the old nature is destroyed, annihilated. There are words for put down. There are words for suppressed. Those were not the words used. The word used here in the Greek is annihilated. That we should no longer be slaves to sin. Because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Now, I come asking you again the question. Are you sitting down in front of the television and drinking in the wickedness? Are you drinking in the wickedness of this world in any way? Are you going your own way and pushing your own agenda? Do you have your own goals and objectives that you have established for yourself? Did Jesus establish those for you or did you establish them? See, you can be extremely religious but hell-bound. 
some Christians are very contentious. They're legalistic. They're, they're by the law. And they'll quickly come to a brother or sister and say, brother, what you're doing is wrong. Why are you doing this? Because Jesus told me to. Oh, how, how can that be possible? Because he has a work he wants to accomplish. I have been attacked more bitterly by people who call themselves Christians than I ever have by pagans. People who call themselves Christians, who do all the right things but do not have the Spirit of Christ, have heard a false gospel. And unfortunately, I don't want to say it, but it's true. Many who are in the church are alcoholics. I do not drink alcohol. I don't touch it. I will not touch it. Don't send me messages saying, Oh, Pastor, the Apostle Paul said to Timothy, Take some take some alcohol, some wine for your stomach. No. Oh, Jesus did a great banquet, and he provided wine. I'm not going to even begin to argue all of that stuff with you. One woman says, I drink my wine because it makes me feel happy. She's in danger. I was very excited to hear a message that she now has decided to stop drinking alcohol. If you're drinking alcohol, stop. Don't allow your mind to be addled. Don't allow your mind to be numbed out so that you cannot make moral choices with your brain in following Jesus Christ. Consider what you do. Where do you spend your time? Where do you spend your money? Where is your heart? See, Jesus cannot repent for you. Jesus cannot, he cannot do what you must do. And that is come to him and humbly ask him, please, would you crucify me? The work of crucifixion is one that Jesus must do for you. He must do it in you. But you have a work before that work of crucifixion is done, and that is to leave all of your known sin, to turn aside from everything that is unclean, to get everything straightened out in your heart. I've talked to so many people who say, oh, yes, we're living together. What? You're living in sin. And you cannot be saved until you repent. You lust after money. 
You lust after success. You just want to live a happy, relaxed life and have a good time and go to the movies and and go to the dances and go to the clubs. You're hellbound. And Jesus cannot repent for you. You, Mr. You, Mrs. You, Miss and Mr. You must repent. And if you heard a gospel that says you don't need to repent, you already did it, you said your sinner's prayer, you're on your way to heaven, you heard a false gospel. The only ones who will go to heaven are the ones who have washed their robe, who are clean before God, who no longer walk in any rebellion against the Most High God, who live day after day walking clean before Almighty King Jesus. You must must be crucified by Jesus, but you must be entitled to that crucifixion by accepting what he has offered you at the cross. I don't want to rush beyond this today because I'm just hearing in the spirit that many of you have been taught a false gospel. And you're confident in that false gospel. You enjoy the church you go to. You enjoy the preacher's words that surround you like honey. You like his wonderful stories and his entertaining messages. You enjoy the social connections you have with other people. But if you live by the law, or if you've not been crucified with Jesus Christ, if you still live, if you have not died to all the lust of your heart, Jesus cannot repent for you. You must repent for yourself. Do you live and walk in the Holy Spirit? Or do you live and walk in an unholy spirit? You know, there is the happy spirit. There's the worldly spirit. There's the kundalini spirit. There is the Holy Spirit. It is only through Jesus Christ that you can enter into the Holy Spirit. He cannot repent for you. You must repent. To repent means to admit your fault, to confess your guilt, and to ask Jesus now to give you the full power to utterly reject that sin and turn from it and no longer walk in it by the power of the blood of Jesus. And then you must go to crucifixion. There will be no heaven for you without that crucifixion. And then living honestly in it day 
after day after day. And the world will come at you. It will tear at you. It will tell you you are a fool. It will do everything it can to pull you away from Jesus Christ and the security of walking in Jesus Christ. But the word says no one can take you out of the hand of Jesus. You alone can remove you from the hand of Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, I come today knowing in my heart that many who will listen to this message have never been crucified with you, Jesus. Five minutes. And that the vast majority are hellbound. If you don't come in awesome power with conviction, if you don't turn our hearts to you, Jesus, we will follow our own gospels, our own opinions, what we've been taught by liars. And in the end, we will be lost. Lord, I plead today for your mercy over every person who listens to this broadcast. Would you quicken their spirit? Would you uncover every wicked thing in their heart? Lord, would you come now in power? Lord, I know there are people listening to this broadcast who are struggling, who think, is pastor right? Have I believed a false gospel? Lord, let every man and woman settle this with you on their knees, asking you to search their hearts and uncover every evil thing. And Lord, they already know many of them because you've been speaking with them. I ask, Lord, for their crucifixion. I ask that you would put weeping and wailing and crying in their heart and in their voice, in their mouth. Lord, come and do your work of salvation, for without that we are all lost. Please come, Lord Jesus. I pray in your name. Amen. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. We're almost at the end of the month, and we're still a long way from where we need to be. If the Holy Spirit prompts you and you know that this gospel that I'm preaching is the true gospel of Jesus, if the Holy Spirit prompts you, would you give and give hilariously? Write to me, Pastor Ray Greenley, National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia. 22195. That's National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia. 22195. 
You can also go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. You can give online. At the end of this month, next week, I'm going to leave for two weeks for fasting and praying, for resting, for seeking the face of Jesus. I ask that you would be faithful in your giving while I'm gone. I ask that you would pray for me and my wife. It's going to be a time away, a time for me, for us to search for Jesus. To pray for the power of revival to to break out, even while we're out of town. God bless you, my brother, my sister. I love you. I'm praying for you. I'll talk to you soon. of his glory.